Hi guys, welcome back to Coffee with Danny. Oh my god. When I tell you the stress that I've just been <laughs> under, there's been pure half an hour of me pretending to be a sound engineer. Yeah, and no, quite I frankly, I'm in. not. <laughs> Literally. I'm not. I'm not. This is a lesson to everyone. You can't do everything by yourself. But can I just say, hi guys, my name is Emily. Hi! Gonna... Hey, introduce myself. <laughs> hey, Emily, do you want to introduce? I can't believe I'm on the show yet. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, guys, today I'm sat down with my friend Emily. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell I people will, what you I do? Because Danny didn't even introduce me in the first place. Sorry, I was too overwhelmed <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> but I've been foremost a long term, long time listener of this show. And I just she love has. hearing that girl bosses on this show just talk about what they're doing. And Thanks, friend. Like Danny, I'm a girl of many hats. My hat that I wear the most, unfortunately. Um, is a doctor hat and I've been working as a doctor for two years in Essex initially and then London this year and then next year who knows um, but I'm going to take some time out figure out exactly what I want to do and then we'll take it from there and what else do you do as a doctor <laughs> <laughs> a one massive thing you forgot to talk about uh, yeah, exactly and that's the reason I'm here today it is well I actually came to chill with Danny but um, I just started a podcast yay <laughs> Applause, applause in the background. Um, but I started a podcast by doctors, for doctors. So I present it with my friend Suba, who I worked with last year, lived with last year, and we happen to work in the same hospital now. But we just thought it'd be really good to sit down and talk about what we do every day because it seems like a mysterious thing to people who don't really know what's going on in a hospital apart from the time when your family and friends go to hospital. So yeah, it's been interesting. I really like it. I like the fact that you're right, actually. It is really mysterious unless... You know, people only go to hospitals when there's someone we have to see that's ill or if we go in. And it's kind of breaking down this barrier of the mystery Mm -hmm. and what actually happens and not in like a casualty way. You know what I mean? Even though, to be honest, I'm informed by casualty, I'm informed by Grey's Anatomy, it's a bit mad. But um, yeah, totally, totally. It's been interesting. Yeah. It's nice to think of new conversations. And also, if you're interested in like current affairs, I think it's a good show for that, especially, um, oh my God, I'm going to absolutely cock this up, but the doctor who had the really massive case that was all over the news. Yeah, and you guys really talked about it like in a granular level. And for me, like I'm massively interested in politics. I study Mm -hmm. politics like general you know current affairs is like my thing that is you that is you literally <laughs> i'm one of those people that knows everything about nothing like i know loads of but random Daddy things will be at the marches mate i will be there <laughs> marching do you know what I actually i can't even talk about it right now i was so upset yesterday the what? protests for jeremy corbyn mate my heart Oh, babes, babes. Like, obviously, I don't agree with what he said. And, you know, there's a line and there's issues in the Labour Party with, you know, anti-Semitic stuff. I'm not defending Mm -hmm. that. But my little Jeremy. I know, I know. If anyone knows me, you know how much I love Jeremy, man. (laughs) I'm so North London to my soul. I don't even know how I was born outside of North London. (laughs) It makes no sense. It's a bit mad, isn't it? I was just like, bae. Bae. But in good news, the other protests, um, the periods protests. Yes. So if anyone follows me on Instagram, you would have seen that I went to the free periods protest in December. Is it December? Yeah, led wow. by Amica George. Is she that? is a fucking boss. Yeah. She's like, 
I think she's 18. She's young. Did you see yeah. the Nike campaign that they did? Yeah. Everyone looks so bad. It was just it awesome. So yeah. But anyway, the protest was about relieving period poverty. And as everyone knows, especially if you have a vagina in this country, there's ridiculous <laughs> amounts of tax put onto period products, which are essentially classed as a luxury product, which is ridiculous because a men's razor is not a luxury product, but a pink razor is. Go figure. Anyway, so the outcome of That's the protest wild. was that the money that is being collected by the government for period tax should be going back into relieving period poverty because there's a wild stat that there's so many girls missing school because their parents can't afford to buy them sanitary wear so they're missing school in the uk in the uk like we're not a developing country like this is mad Mm -hmm. and genuinely like i'm a working woman i can hand on heart say that yeah period like products are expensive so if you're a mother that's you know on benefits got Mm -hmm. three teenage girls that time of the month it ain't cheap And then you got yourself to look after as well. No. So, yeah, basically, I'm really happy. Congratulations, Amica and the rest of the girls that are involved in arranging the protest. And actually, it was an amazing night. But to see that, actually, we're living in change, yeah, yeah. for me, was the most amazing thing. Because I was there on the night, and it felt like, yes, this is awesome. Like, this is something that should really happen. But you never know how these things are going to happen. And especially with the kind of government that we do have currently, you know... As far as I'm concerned, they couldn't give a shit. So to actually see that, you know, yeah, we are collecting all this tax money. And there was a really good press release that I'll link it below in the show information that DirectGov released yesterday okay. that um, actually shows the financial breakdown of where this money's going to go. So I really hope Amazing. that it makes a massive impact. And, you know, girls aren't missing school, essentially, because of being a girl. Yeah, that's it. Like, are you mad? <laughs> are you actually mad? So, yeah. I'm very happy. That was a really massive highlight of my week yesterday that made standing in the rain and shouting about periods even more worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I am the crazy feminist. But isn't that so important that we actually get to sit down and talk about issues that affect yeah, all of us? definitely. Um, and actually making change because making change isn't easy and it's that part when you're thinking, what can we do to lobby, lobby government? What can yeah. we do to actually make a, a change rather than just talking about something? Definitely. Or as Theresa May loves to say, um, yeah, this shouldn't happen or this should happen. Yeah. But you're like, you're the one with the keys. You're the one yeah, with the you, power. Especially as a woman. Me. Like, come on, man. Like, you actually hold the keys to the Golden Gate. I just had to take a breath there. I just took a breath. But Sorry, that was a very loud sigh, sigh if anyone's listening. But yeah, so that was really, really no, good. No, no. Also, did you watch... Um, I don't watch TV. I Everyone watch, knows this. I watch everything. Guys. I don't watch TV. I don't own a TV. But actually, me and you watch the same shit. So actually, okay, okay. let's not go down the shit line first. Okay. Let's talk about the good, serious stuff. Okay, so I saw... Like, wait a minute. You were ready to talk about Housewives. Rubbish. And we're not going to talk about Housewives yet. Not today, not We're going to talk about Reggie Yates' Grenfell Tower documentary. <gasps> I was just watching before I left the house, but I only watched like 15 minutes of it. Oh, okay. So I watched it on Sunday. Okay. It came out on Sunday, I think. I think it was Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Honestly, anyone that hasn't watched it... I couldn't stop. I couldn't continue watching it. I had to pause. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult to watch. Mm. But personally, I love Reggie Yates' way of documenting things. Mm. So if you haven't watched any of his other documentaries, you're probably going to be like, wow, this is wild. Like, I love his style. But the way that he was so true to his style and, Mm. you know, like, Grenfell is for anyone, especially someone that lives in London. Like, I can't call myself a Londoner. I'm not a Londoner. But you just feel it in your chest. Mm. Like, going on the overground and going past, is it, um, Wood Lane Station? And you see it that feeling i've literally got goosebumps just talking about it when you see that shell 
and the way that he was able to like do a really great mm-hmm. informative emotional investigative piece is exceptional mm-hmm. so if anyone hasn't watched it you must watch it. it is it's very it's very hard hitting mm. and fair play to reggie that must have been so hard yeah because i watched so the first hard. 15 minutes and um i i remember you see um a clip of reggie just like looking at the murals yeah and then people are driving past and everyone in that community absolutely everyone knows someone oh yeah and when i say someone i actually mean they know tens of people who yeah. live in that tower and have been affected or died yeah definitely life. and it's crazy because it's still sh- like shaking up a community oh god yeah and it's so raw like mm. obviously if you lived anywhere within probably like a five mile radius you probably would have been able to see people jumping out of the window Mm-mm-mm. that in itself mm. is such a traumatic experience and i think and for me to stop it oh god yeah there's nothing you could do mm. for me the worst part of it all is obviously there's the people that haven't been rehomed and I just physically can't get my head around that. I think it's ridiculous. I saw a piece the other day that the government spent 12 million on hotels when actually in that area you could have bought a few properties to put people in, but that's not my business. The actual emotional support for these people, what is happening? Because, you know, there's the people that were in the properties that are completely traumatised, but also the people that live around there. This is a whole community-wide issue which is terrifying. Is terrifying. And I just know for a fact that that side is not going to be even thought about mm-hmm. because they're too busy it. trying to make sure the headlines are staying mm-hmm. calm and people aren't going crazy. And someone put on Twitter this weekend um, that they were walking their dog around there mm-hmm. and some American tourists asked them where it was because they wanted to go to some memorial. This is literally like Ground Zero. It is Ground Zero. It essentially. Is. Just the look of it all yeah. is... It's haunting. It is haunting, completely like ground zero. And you see that not much has changed Mm-mm. in sight, whether that's because they're still doing investigations yeah. or whether that's because it's not the most useful thing they could do with their yeah. money. You just think, what, what, is happening? what is happening here? At least make it public. And I think that's what everyone wants for things to be made open and Definitely. honest and start speaking. Um, but do you know what's interesting? Go on. The podcast that we recorded yesterday, we were looking at major incidents. Yeah. And we looked at all the terrorist attacks that happened in London. Okay, yeah. And we also looked at the Manchester bombing. Yeah. And then we looked at Grenfell. Wow. And Grenfell was so set apart from all of the other ones because it really did affect a community. Mm-hmm. And what is absolutely crazy about it all is so many people within one community were affected. And now all these people require resources to be looked after emotionally, physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. in every single way. But you're talking about getting that money and those resources from a poor section of society. Yeah. Now, it's really difficult to even tap into resources and from one area, whereas with all the other um, incidents I just mentioned, you'll be able to go to your GP because your GP won't be inundated. Yes. You'll be able to go to psychological support centres. Yeah. Because they're not going to be inundated. Wider spread at least. Living in Grenfell, who can go to these places and will there be enough support for these people? And yeah, because it's essentially a, all one catchment area. It's wild, isn't it? And that's so unheard of. Mm. And I wonder if it was a different community that was affected, maybe on the other side of Kensington, would there be more support from the government? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. That's the question, people. What do you think? Mm. I think, you know, for me personally, I say that there would be, like, it was very widely known that that was a very diverse area, especially mm. of, like, Filipino and Moroccan immigrants mm. with their children that are second potentially even third generation now what's happening for these people 
And that to me is the most heart-wrenching thing. And I saw that you guys also were talking on the podcast this week about um, there's that British guy that was, was he born here or came here? No, he'd lived in no, England for 55 no, years. No, this no, this no, makes me angry. <laughs> you can break it down because you so, know all the facts. So this guy, he I think his name is Albert Thompson, but that's not actually his real name, but for the press, it that's yeah. the name that he goes by. I think he's like a 55-year-old man who's been in England for 44 years. And his he's Jamaican heritage, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Caribbean heritage for now. Yeah. But Caribbean heritage, his mum, um, she came over in her 20s or 30s um, to work as a nurse because there was a point in time when all... Same as my grandma. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. When a whole generation of people were brought into the UK to help yep. out in the NHS. Now, not only are these countries from the con- Commonwealth, <laughs> so they have British passports so when let's they not arrived. Talk about the colonial history because <laughs> I don't think we, either of us have enough time for that. No. Um, but basically, this guy he was basically brought up in the UK. He's now in his fifties or sixties. I can't remember quite which. Um, he's worked. He's paid taxes all this time. And so, imagine last year he goes to the doctor, and um, with some symptoms, he gets fat. If um, he gets, I can't speak. Sorry, guys. Um, it's found that he has prostate cancer and he needs to start his treatment at the Royal Marsden Hospital. A great hospital, by the way. It is a great hospital. But um, anyway, since October of last year, there's been these new rules and regulations um, brought in, tightened up by the Tories, particularly after Brexit. I have so much to say on Brexit, but I'm not even going to start right now. But they were all tightened up, so now whenever a patient comes into hospital, you have to go through um, all their documentation, make sure they're citizens, whatever that means. Wow. Um, make sure that they're residents, legal residents, whatever that means as well in the UK. Um, it feels very American. It's just hurts ma- my it's stomach. Mad. It's mad. It's just a fear of immigration. It's, yeah. It's mad. But when I say fear of immigration, it's really a fear of colour. Yeah. But anyway, um, they see this guy. They notice that he doesn't have any legal papers as such, even though they've been taking his tax money for years. Um, and they refuse to treat him. <sighs> I... Yeah. And for me... And they a bill of £54,000. But continue continue this is such a horrible horrible story especially for me it's so close to home that could have been my uncle it literally he literally could have been my uncle the story yeah well he is my uncle the story of his family line is exactly the same as mine he he could be my dad like his mum came here as a nurse. By the way, Danny's dad's a rest up. Anyway, <laughs> he grew up that. here, he worked all of his life and paid his taxes, and then he got ill. Mm. This literally could be my father. It's exactly the same story. And for someone to turn around and actually be questioning his worth and essentially his life worth, that's what it is. Mm makes me feel extremely uncomfortable because where do you draw the line essentially if you think that someone that's a first generation second generation third generation the level of xenophobia in this country right now is so real and so terrifying Mm. and to see that this americanization of the healthcare system for me is just so so uncomfortable and it's so scary to see because i'm always like looking at america on twitter and being like at least we have the nhs yeah but I will never forget, oh. actually, when I went to Afropunk Festival. It would have been two summers ago now. Oh, in New York? Yeah, in, in Brooklyn. And they had vans there to HIV and AIDS test people for free. Mm. Because you can't just walk into your doctors and get an STD check there. You have to have the money. So you have to have the money to be able to afford to have safe sex. That's crazy. And that, to me, like really brought it home. I was like, you know, people always say, like, if you get run over in America and you haven't got health care, they're not going to look after you. Yeah. Like... 
that's something you hear all the time but mm-hmm. to hear that you know you can't go and have an std check for mm-hmm. free mm-hmm. that is you you know essentially yeah that's you're infecting a class of people that's not the problem we have over here the problem we have over here is okay if i go to my sct appointment am mm-hmm. i going to get an appointment when i want it or no. am i gonna have to rock up to dean street to get it done yeah there and then but that's and such, even then not even a bad problem to have exactly when you compare when you think about you know these people that have been here for 45 years paying taxes but then are told actually you're not quite british enough to have the health care that you've essentially been paying for every single month out of your paycheck but can you imagine if someone's been given a cancer diagnosis why are you having the conversation with them there then why can't you what does have that, that conversation mean later or not at all yeah but yeah especially when you're having cancer treatment like the psychological effects and physical effects mm. For someone then to turn around to you and be like, well, actually, we need 50 grand from you, you know. But don't worry, the treatment will still happen. Yeah. It's just going to happen once you've paid. Yeah. So how do you want to make your payments? Monthly? In full? At least if you're in America. What the fuck? You'd been within a system where you would have expected and been prepared to... Yeah. um, You would have been treated as well. You expect the charge. Or you would expect the... You would need yeah. preparedness to actually go out and get health insurance. Now, this guy has never been told that he needs to get health insurance. No, of course. So it's just a completely different story. Yeah. Now, if I, if it was me, not that I have health insurance, but <laughs> I'm contemplating it, even though I'm a doctor, but um, I'm someone who has a certain amount of money, yeah. is able to pay for that every single month, and and knows that I, I want it just for a different... Yeah, healthcare. exactly. Not because, it's not because you think you're at risk or no, whatever. No, 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 but that's different it's two different yeah exactly Mm, i'm tired of this the whole story just makes me feel so uncomfortable Mm. i'm just i don't really see where this is going Mm. essentially Mm. and obviously the fear of the unknown is something that's real for everyone but i think actually if anyone's listening that's why thank you for listening (laughs) but it's probably something that you've potentially never thought about that you know where kind of where this line will be drawn I went to school obviously with white people, went to school with Indian people, went to people to school with people of all races. Mm. And at that point, you know, we all kind of go to school together, go to university together, get jobs together, and then it's kind of like fizzles. Then everything yeah, everything changes. Yeah. Right? And, then, and then it's a bit real. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. oh shit, actually. And then your family legacy starts to matter and the way yeah. that you came into this country starts to matter. Exactly. Um, how British your grandparents mm-hmm. are, how British your parents are. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they the way I see this, like literally, that could have been my dad. And what would me and my family have done had they have turned around and said, "You know, we need fifty grand to pay for your dad's treatment." <laughs> what are you gonna do? Sell a house, remortgage a house? Exactly. I don't even know what to say. And that's lucky that you have a house. <laughs> exactly. This we don't know this family's positions to be like able mm-hmm. to get this money out of thin air. But I'm so happy that we have like social media and we have like, mm-hmm. own types of media to be able to share these stories because I can't imagine maybe like 10 years ago they, yeah it just was not shared you wouldn't have known these stories existed. definitely and that's so. the same thing with the free periods thing like obviously for me i don't know i feel like we're all kind of in our own bubble of ourselves but i've never considered how many british girls were not able to go to school because their parents couldn't afford sanitary wear mm. it's not something that you think about I can find numbers for sure, mm. but it's something that you just don't think about. And the fact that like social media was able to spread how shocking this was yeah. is like fuck. Well, and then rally like people together, yeah. change.org, all of these amazing mediums that we now have to actually communicate messages and get people to come together. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. And like, you know, just now you were saying 
actually some of your white friends may not be privy to the fact that these things may happen. Yeah. We weren't privy to the fact that actually loads of girls couldn't afford their period products. Exactly. So it's just a great way of sharing mass communication that way. Isn't 100%. So it's actually one in 10 girls can't afford to buy menstrual products according mm-hmm. to Plan International UK. Okay. 49% of girls have missed a full day of school because of their period. Mm-hmm. 68% said that they felt less able to pay attention in class or at school mm-hmm. slash college mm-hmm. while menstruating. That's ridiculous. Mm. And menstrual products cost more than 18 grand in a woman's life. So that's more than 13 pounds every month, which I can definitely say, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. It does, it does. Shocking. It's almost like you've chosen to start smoking or something. Oh, just, God, yeah. It just sounds like you've um, chosen to. It's like getting another, like, sim only contract, <laughs> <laughs> but for life. <laughs> like. But it disadvantages you. That's all. It yeah, is. like. All it does is ruin your credit score because you're paying late every month and an impaying like. Then you can't focus. It's a bit mad. Yeah. It's just sad. Mm-hmm. But it is good that we're living in times of change. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I feel really honoured that I was there to yeah, witness so cool. history. And when I have baby girls and granddaughters, and I can like, tell you, them. You don't even consider that this Girl! <laughs> I'll tell you, when your grandma was <laughs> down in the street in the rain protesting back in 2017. Like the suffragettes, can you imagine? Literally. <laughs> it was a peaceful protest, but we got our message Aww. across. I love all the banners that they had. They were so good. They were so good. I actually have one framed in my room. That was oh, really cool. You? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you mean? One of the... One of the actual said? posters that they actually free periods created. Oh, it wasn't one of the Alice cool. Skinner's ones, was it? No, there were some really oh. good ones. Guys, check out this Instagram girl called Alice Skinner. Um, she sounds Her sick. artwork is so dope. I just bought two prints from her. Um, and one for my sister's birthday, actually, that I need to frame. You're a pr- uh, print addict. Yeah, after you, after you, mate. A print addict. I did it after you, because I can't quite afford the real artwork yet. Neither can I. Don't try and shade me. <laughs> I wish. And she's got really like dope um, artwork from you know the American protests. What were they called after Trump came into power? Mm. I don't know. Just don't get rid of him. Sorry, I won't say his name again on your show. Yeah, please don't. I don't so like to talk about him. Actually, quickly touching on that, mm. this is history which we're living in. Also, <laughs> the fact that another porn star has come out and said that she had sexual relations with Donald Trump. When? Did you not see this? No. A woman called Stormy Daniels. Okay. I love the fact that's her porn star name, it's not I her real name. Say, I was like, wow, her parents... However, side note, totally hilarious that Stormy is... Um, <laughs> what's her name? Kardashian, Jenna, girl's baby's name, and it's actually Hayes. a porn star name. Anyway, yes. I was absolutely like... You know when you're like reading something and you're actually physically disgusted and like your mouth is like wide open Tell with shock? So here's me, like, sat on the tube. So apparently her and Donald Trump had sex, I think, in 2016. Mm-hmm. This was before he went on the campaign trail. She was paid 90... His wife not care. Anyway. Continue. She was paid £98,000 <gasps> to be quiet and signed a non-disclosure agreement. My bitch is still breaking it. I don't care. Secure the bag, Stormy! Yeah, so <laughs> she had an interview I on... break that too. C- C- CBC. Yeah, one of those big American channels. An hour-long special. People had viewing parties in America. Did she speak quite eloquently? Yeah. Okay, cool. So she was basically explaining that she had sexual relations with Donald Trump. It had been on several occasions while he was married to his wife. And 
the most shocking part for me, I was sat on the tube yesterday reading. I never really read the Evening Standard, but last night, me and my flatmate were reading it on the way back home after dinner. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, she's flicking through. I'm reading over her shoulder. We're like an old married couple, so we do that stuff. You know, it's fine. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> and um, I'm seeing Donald Trump said to Stormy that she reminded him of his daughter. Oh, I just vomited in my mouth. And he liked that. What is wrong with this man fundamentally? You know, there's many issues. He says this there's all many the times. Stop all... talking about how much you want to fuck your daughter. Like it's, it's actually disgusting. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Welcome guys. to Coffee with Danny. We swear <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it makes me feel so sick. And I don't understand it. Stop talking about it. Just I, stop now. <laughs> he needs to stop it. And I feel sorry for Ivanka because I don't even know. What she looks she Higgy Hagger man. I saw a picture of her in the newspaper. I was like, Do you know something? I've never dad, liked I your family, but you actually used to look all right. <laughs> she just looks so bedraggled. She's but over it. I'm not surprised because every time that she's ever brought up um, in front of a panel to discuss anything, people are obviously going to ask her opinion on her father. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. And she can't just be like, hi, yes, I'm coming to speak, but I'm not going to speak about my dad. Yeah, oh, God, no. If it's a public there, they're going to ask. You're going to have to speak about the president of the United States. Yeah. How can you not? And also, you work for him. So. Oh, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Talking of that, did you watch Real Housewives of Atlanta last week? Yes, of course. Okay, so you know, Nini got kicked off of um, Candy's tour because of her (laughs) Uber joke. Did you see when Todd was like, the president of the United States is talking about grabbing pussy? Yes, I did. And I was like, no joke. I was like, okay, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Who really cares about what Nini said? No Who really one. cares what about a reality TV star who's known for like outrageous things? She's outrageous always. But you do not care that your president, I repeat, your president that you exactly. to the White House is talking about sexually abusing people. For other people, by other people. Like, no. Like, how do you not care? It's like one and rule for one, a role for another. Oh, God, yeah. Have you seen those, like, memes about him and, like, Joe Biden? And Joe Biden's looking, like, real suave yeah. as a young man. And then Donald Trump is looking just higgy-haggard. Yeah. With, Rolling um, out of club with prostitutes off his arms. Right? Or with, like, um, balloons in his chest making him look like he's got boobs. He's actually just a a stupid college boy. Isn't and he? that's never grown up, that's yeah. never grown up. Sorority, frat went, boy. Exactly. But only got in because of dad. Don't date frat boys. The whole of like the White House, what is it called, Capitol Hill? They're all frat boys. Oh God, yeah. Oh, that's another. That is literally another story. That's another story. I want to talk about a frat boy, but maybe that's a, sh- a topic <laughs> for another show. That's for the group WhatsApp chat. <laughs> that's, that's what so many frat boy problems. <laughs> Where do you meet frat boys? Let's not even go into it. Okay, let me. I'm like, let me turn the mic on, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not interview me. But yeah. Thanks so much. Do you want to tell everyone like where they can find more about you? Because I'm really keen. And like I said, Aww, guys, this is why thanks. this show is changing slightly because I want to actually be able to talk about other people's shows as well and give more of a platform because I feel like I've built like a cool little community. I want to share the love. You I know. think you should also speak about your interests more as well. Exactly. That's what's interesting and that's what makes you Sorry, you. guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm like Danny. More of me hammering on. Chris Jenner, like hype man. That's what I do. Uh, yeah, I literally am <laughs> Chris Jenner in the making. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so we have a podcast, me and my friend Suba. Um, we're both doctors, work in London, and we're talking about the cases and the stories that I love challenge it. us every day. 
It's called Life After The Letters. So that's Life After The Letters. The premise of the show is that actually after we've got our degree and gained our letters, my letters after my name are MBCHBMSC. And then Subas is MBBS, BSC. Um, But once we've like got our letters after med school, what happens then? Because we know what's going on and we get our exams, but we're never really prepared for the realities of daily work. So yes, life after the letters, search us on iTunes and search us on Instagram. And you can search us on SoundCloud, not that I use that that much. Yeah. Um, Life after the letters, guys, will be in the description of this show. So everyone go and subscribe and listen to the girls. Nearly two years. Wild. That's mad, isn't Two it? years this April, guys. However, I have had the odd break now and then. Yeah, I was gonna, I was like, but the thing is, break. with the show, we don't do seasons. We just do seasons changes. So <laughs> 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 we do when Danny's got time and when Danny's feeling good, essentially. Like I said, like I really want it to just stay as a fun thing. And when you're not working 100 jobs, right? I'm always working 100 jobs. Mm-hmm. This is a life prop. I like money and I like to travel <laughs> and I like to save for my pension. All right. <laughs> pension is very important, guys. So, yeah. And that is the end of the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Emily, for, li- for coming on. Don't forget to check out Life After the Letters. It's very, very interesting. If you're not a doctor like me, <laughs> you'll enjoy it anyway. <laughs> no, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye.